We return to your darkest hour now, great Amaterasu. How little I think you understood when you fled. A momentary lack of judgment of wisdom on your part, what did it cause? You fled from the shame of your brothers when you were needed most to guide the gods of heaven and of earth. In time we found you and now you are returned to us. But how did this happen? What happened in the moment you fled from heaven and found your way to that cave, now one of the land of the rising sun's most holy sites? You know what happened, but you do not know with a fox's eye about the heroic deeds of your ministers, of the crafty deeds and cleverness of the woman you love most, and how she fooled you. Let us begin at the end of this. Welcome to Goddessy, Season 3, Episode 5, The Cave. For his transgression, Susanoo was banished from heaven. You had seen to that. Already your guards were gathering his things and throwing them from the sides of heaven to the earth below, so that he was clear that he had no home here. But then the unthinkable. You flung yourself from the plains of heaven and so took the sun from the sky. Can you imagine, illuminating goddess of heaven, what that is like? To watch the sun leave the sky as if a common comet. To see the blues and whites of the day fade to pure black. For the moon to lose its color and light. What Tsukuyomi, your already banished brother, must have thought. Almost immediately, there was weeping in heaven, led by the goddess of the dawn, your attendant, Amenu Uzeme no Mikoto. Your dead handmaiden, slain by Susanoo's foolish action, was scarcely buried, but already it was clear something had to be done. I have not yet mentioned your ministers by name, save the two lovers. Let me name them, for it was they who went to your empty throne room and lit the fires for a great cold into the world almost immediately after your departure. Omoikane, he who combines many thoughts at once, led the meeting of ministers and indeed the larger court, including the handmaidens, who knew your mind best. It is clear that, because of the great shame of her brothers, our illustrious empress has fled the world, not realizing the dire consequences of such an action too, or else she would not have done this. We are resolved thus, to bring her back and reinstate her upon the throne. The shame belongs to her brothers, not to her, and the burden of the universe is hers and hers alone. We have failed her by not offering enough support. There was a silence therein, and the ministers deliberated. What was to be done? How could they find her? Fortunately, heaven is ordered. There are people for these kinds of things. Stepping forward was the chief ritualist of heaven, Futodama, wearing dark robes and carrying his traditional bow. With him came the master of the divine mirror, the chief diviner of the heavens, Ame no Koyane. For you see, in those times, divination was widely believed because it was done publicly in front of everyone with obvious and instantaneous results. Frauds were killed immediately, and these two were not frauds. Far from it. Fudodama had Ame no Koyane hold his mirror up while Fudodama consulted the rites and began chanting, adjusting his fingers on one hand before his mustache face as his other hand went over to a great beaded braid, each bead separated by a piece of divine paper tied to the cord. The ritual was simple enough, and soon the mirror began to swirl, showing an image on it like water at first, before becoming clearer and clearer. There was a great mountain, and from the mountain heading east towards the coast and north too, there came a cave. A 
cave blocked by a giant boulder. Already on Earth, it was snowing. Inside the cave, you were laying there, Great Damatarasu, illuminated by your own bright rays as you wept into your sleeve. You were not dirty. You were not stained. You were simply crying in your immaculate way. Omoikane stroked his beard as if to ponder as the mirror's image faded. I see. A cave on Earth. No wonder there is no light. We must find first this mountain, and then our trackers and the trackers of the Earth Kami can follow her trail there to the cave. Ame no Koyane spoke then. But how will we get her out of the cave? Shall I do another divination? Omoikane shook his head. We do not want to push our luck. Let our knowledge guide us before we return to mysticism. Even gods are pragmatic, Great Demonterosity. So, many of the gods of the heaven went below the great procession and landed first on Kyushu, the southernmost of the large island of the land of the rising sun. It would be unlikely that she had landed on this island, given the general geography of the island. So they went next to Shikoku, the smallest of the large islands, and saw that it was indeed too small to include both mountain and trail. Next, they landed on Honshu, the largest of the islands. Already they sensed her here, and indeed, so did I. They were joined quickly by the Earth Kami, who demanded an explanation. Agents of Inari, and indeed all the Earth Kami, sought to aid this quest, for indeed, they suffered without light. All beings did, from the greatest spirits to the lowest worm. Humanity, too, dwelling in their small huts with their corded pottery, huddled together for warmth. Omoikane realized if they did not act quickly, humanity would all die. Amaterasu would not want that, now would she? I think not. I don't think you think that either, Amaterasu. So, in accordance with desperation, Omoikane ordered the cocks of Tokoyo released on the plain that would be Yamato in today's Nara, and they were to find the mountain from the divination and market. And so released, these mad roosters went forth and came upon the mountain of Kaguyama, and there ripped out all of the Sakaki trees, leaving it bare. And thus, the way was paved from there, from the singeing of the sun on the earth itself. The procession of Kami, from all walks of life and from heaven and earth, now numbering in a myriad of eight hundred. I was among them, joining my kitsune kin. The cave was not hard to find. While it was lightless and snowing all around, the mere presence of the sun goddess kept the area around the cave green, grown out of the crater that you created when you landed. Everyone gathered in the crater and sweated proudly, warmly, happily, after the enduring cold. Omoikane brought forth the power of the heavenly hand, Ame no Kajikarao, strongest of the heavenly kami. Remove the stone if you can. Though he tried, he could not remove it, and so Omoikane spoke instead. Great Amaterasu, this is your minister, Omoikane. I humbly request you move this stone that we may speak. The world suffers in your absence. As silence fell, there was only weeping. Omoikane turned back, looking to Futodama and to Ame no Koyane to see if they had rituals or divination for guidance. Instead, it was Ame no Uzume who came forward and spoke. When she stopped speaking, everyone was smiling with excitement. I pause here to switch perspectives. 
You know what happens now. The procession faded and soon came a raucous laughter. A howling of souls, a banquet to the likes of which you had only dreamed of and rarely had in your day as ruler. The cries were loud, loud enough that you could not hear your own crying over them. Rising, you turned to the mouth of the cave, still covered with the stone you placed there by magic, and you spoke loud enough to be heard across the entirety of the land. What is this noise disturbing me? The returning voice was one so sweet you recognized it almost immediately. We are dancing, great Amaterasu. We are dancing because we have found one worthy of ruling the heavens and the earth. I dance for everyone's amusement for this, for the honor of the Great One. Long will be their reign. The chorus of laughter and singing repeated her words, turning it into a song. Was this a trick? Surely not, you must have thought. Were it anyone else who had spoken, would you have believed it? Ame no Uzume was the most trustworthy being in the entirety of the universe, in this world or any other. You believed her. From your cave you heard a droning, something nearby, but your curiosity propelled you. You had shamed the world, you thought, by not controlling your brothers, and thus must remain in the cave. But curiosity was getting the better of you. Just a peek, you told yourself. So the song continued, and soon you released the magic on the cave stone and opened the cave, just to peek out. You saw her immediately. Not Ameno Uzume, but the one she sought to replace you with. She looked at you quizzically, as if expecting you, but surprised to see you nonetheless. She was beautiful, you must have thought, with thick eyebrows, but well-trimmed small ones, too, with bright eyes and a handsome nose, a small mouth but perfect for her face, and practically beaming, too, so bright and shining. Not just physically, but her intelligence was there, too, and her kindness, her compassion. But what struck you most was her wisdom, the wisdom she wore. She was dressed plainly, but finely, befitting an empress more interested in ruling than in finery or in luxury of her station. She was everything you wanted to be. Long hair flowed down her back, pulled back at the root. Her sleeves were long, and as you stepped towards her, she stepped too, but she seemed to step back, as if taken aback by you. She looked as though she moved forward, but instead she moved back. What sorcery was this, you must have wondered. You followed her out of the cave until a hand took you, and the stone you had moved was replaced. The cave was sealed, and you were outside of it. The crowd continued to yell, and soon you saw the magic of it all. You saw the man who had pulled you away was none other than your chief guard, Ame no Tajikarao, who had also sealed the cave. That the image of the woman who had replaced you was nothing more than the divine mirror held by Futodama chanting along with Ame no Koyane. Your chief minister, Amoikane, was there too, and all four bowed to you. Forgive the deceit said Omoi Kane from the ground, but the world has suffered without you. We need the illumination. You are too important to lose, and the dishonor was never yours. You could never dishonor us, and we are sorry for not supporting you enough, for making you think that you were in this alone. We are all of us in this together, great Amaterasu. The other three men replied in tandem, Forgive us, illuminating Amaterasu. You now bowed, lower than the men. It is I who should ask for forgiveness, for the leave of my senses. I see the state of the world, how I removed heat from it, how I removed light, and how the world suffers thus. 
I see the snow. Let us rejoin the others and return the sun to heaven. And so you led them to the procession of the 800 myriad, a massive crowd indeed of earth and heavenly coming, of yokai and bakemono, of all manner of beings. Food and drink of all types were being served around a great fire, and there in the center was she, the dancing dawn herself. Amino Uzume had undone the belt of her tunic and danced as livaciously as she danced schematically, being both alluring and hilarious. Any honorable kami would be humiliated at how much skin she showed, how low her pants had fallen in both front and back, how her breasts swayed, and how she used them as if holding snakes that sought to eat her. When she wanted to be, she was sultry. When she sought to be, there was no one funnier in heaven or earth. And so she danced, singing and jeering and making fun of herself and the crowd, until she saw you. And then all faces came to you, and the dancing and singing came to a halt, as everyone realized the plan had worked, that Amino Uzume had drawn you out, that the ritualist would use your own light and reflection to trick you, and that Ameno Tajikarao would seal the cave behind you. The plan had worked, and light had been returned. Amino Uzume came to you and embraced you, both of you weeping before touching your heads to one another. Promise me you won't run off without taking me with you next time? Whispered Amina Uzume. You shook your head. You're the only reason I have for coming back. And so the dawn brought the sun. A new day dawned in the land of the rising sun as you and many of us returned to heaven. Not all. Some of your ministers beget families in those days soon after, as we shall soon learn. I end our missive here, as the nature of your tale changes from here on out. So ends the primary myth of Amaterasu, how she banished her brother, how she fled to Earth, and how she was tricked into coming back. This is one of the most important myths to Japanese cosmology. It is the birth of autumn and of winter, it is the origin of cold, and it is the explanation of night technically, though I am downplaying that a bit. Other myths run parallel, and I plan on covering the main myth to this in a bonus episode as it plays into a later part of the season. Suffice it to say, Susanoo is not done yet. A myriad, for those who do not know, is 10,000. 10,000 times 800 is 8 million kami, so this party is 8 million spirits just chilling. In the myth itself, this party takes place at the mountain earlier in the tale, and the commotion is enough that Amaterasu is drawn from the cave, which is near Ise Grand Shrine, Japan's most holy shrine, as we'll see later, to this spot on Mount Kaguyama. That's quite a distance if you open up the map and trace it, so I fudged this space a wee bit. You'll forgive me a few hundred miles or so, but gods don't care about distance all that much. This episode represents a shift in the story. Amaterasu will appear to be a driving force for the remainder of the series still, but she won't be there for the actual action by and large. She will send emissaries and act as a guide, but this is largely different from the tales of Odin and Lu covered in seasons 1 and 2. We'll see how that goes next episode. Goddessy is written, researched, and produced by Greg Wright. Additional research and editing by Sidney Yeager, who no cave can contain. Music by Scott Buckley, whose Creative Commons music can be found at www.scottbuckley.com.au. Goddessy is more than a podcast. 
You can find us on social media at The Goddessy Podcast, where we share all sorts of fun factoids and memes for your amusement and perusal. Check us out there, but especially on Twitter. Say hi, and maybe I'll peek out from my cave and say hi back. I will almost certainly say hi back. If you want to support the show, subscribe on your podcast provider of choice and leave a review. Share us by using magic roosters that rip up trees and let all your friends see. If you want to support the show more directly, check us out on Patreon for early access episodes, and we might even have blog posts and fun stuff. If you're more interested in less long-term donations, we also have a coffee. Gotta see updates every Monday. See you next week.